0: Hi everybody, welcome to Busy Living Sober today with Elizabeth Chance and Jeannie Gebhard. And we are in episode 327, 327. And we are sponsored today by Soberlink. We need to talk about alcohol recovery in the workplace. Talking about sobriety and proving it to your employer can be so difficult. And our friends at Soberlink want to help. If you need a reliable way to present documented proof of sobriety to a boss or a loved one, Soberlink can help. Soberlink is a high-tech portable breathalyzer system that uses facial recognition technology to verify identity. It has unique sensors to ensure that no other air sources are being used and it sends results directly to your specified contacts. So there's no questioning whether or not you took the test and whether or not you altered the reporting. This is why Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring system is considered the gold standard. Being in recovery from alcohol does not define the future of your career. Let Soberlink help. Learn more about Soberlink and request a $50 off promo code by visiting www.soberlink.com slash BLS for busy living sober. We love Soberlink. You guys, it's been an awesome other year with you guys. We do have another podcast next week, but that was awesome that they've been representing us and they're an amazing company and they want to change this. The stigma associated with addiction, just like I do. So here we are with my oldest friend. Okay, <laughs> and she's been on before, but it's been a while. I don't even remember the last time you came on, but it's kind of ironic that we're both sober and um we're on this journey now together. And it has been what a weekend it's been for me. I'm just going to make it about me for a little bit. Yes, because oh, of
1: course, go ahead. Um,
0: it's uh, it's crazy because. You know, we came from such dysfunction junction, both Jeannie and myself, and we both work in this field of wanting to help people, you know, be and get sober. And I was at a wedding, this beautiful wedding from this, these, these young couple that were 24 years old and they're just like love of their lives. You could just see it and it just resonating through them. And they were it all Christmas themed and beautiful. And I get a text message from my oldest son saying, mom, leave the wedding and you've got to take this call. I need to FaceTime you. And JF, my husband, for those of you that don't know, said, oh, I bet he got engaged. I'm like, no, he didn't. He's like, yes, he did. And I was like, oh my God, no, he didn't. He's like, yes, he did. And so I have to walk outside and I take this face. I'm like, hello. And it's literally in the middle of reception of this wedding in North Carolina and he's engaged. And of course I had no idea. I mean, I knew he wanted to get married and I knew this was the one and I'm so excited that Emily's in our lives and in our family, but I was like, and so as an alcoholic and I'm still an alcoholic, even though I haven't had a drink in 16 and a half years, I still have it. So what is my first thought? And I'm at a wedding. So I'm like, In fact, I was in line with somebody getting at the drink bar and I was, of course, ordering a Pellegrino and that person was like, I'll have a straight up tequila on the rocks. And I'm like, God, like when we were drinking, well, when I was drinking, I don't even know Jeannie has a different path, which is so cool anyway. But I remember like when I would drink tequila, it would always be, okay, we're going to have a tequila shot. And it was always that whole ritual, right? It was like, lick your hand, pour the salt on it, right? Yeah, the lime and... Right. Bite, right. Remember that? But it now was like
1: a ritual. Yeah.
0: Right? It had this whole thing and it was never like we did it at the beginning of the night. It was always like many cocktails later. Right. It was always towards the end of the night that we'd say, all right, we'll have a tequila. Even we didn't start off. Right. And now these people are drinking tequila straight off the bat, straight up. No, the lick, no, the bite, none of that stuff. And I'm all, I think th- I said to JF, I would really want to shot it. I really want to shot a tequila right now. And he was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I just feel so out of control with my emotions. And then I wanted to pick up a cigarette because you know that I've always, Jeannie quit smoking years ago, but when Jeannie was in college, she'd always smoke a cigarette halfway.
1: Remember that? Yes. And what was my nickname? Half butt. What what did? Half butt. Yeah. yeah, Half butt. Yeah. Yeah. Because she
0: would go to sleep before me always. And so she, I'd go into a room scounging at night, totally fucked up. And I'd be like, oh have a half cigarette. I got to smoke her half cigarettes. So anyway, I'm 13 days clean right now with no cigarettes. And this happens and I'm like, I just want to smoke and I want a fucking tequila. That's what I want. Because that's how I deal with emotions, right?
1: Right. You wanted to like numb it for a second. You wanted to take yourself out of the moment, I guess, is, that's how I get.
0: Emotions suck. Families are hard. The holidays are hard. And we're literally on the cusp of
1: that wonderful one,
0: Christmas.
1: Oh, yes. Christmas. Christmas is coming. Are you excited? Sober Christmas. I am excited. Um I'm actually I'm actually here um in St. Louis um without well, I'll have my kids, but I won't have my immediate family here anymore. So it's going to be a relatively quiet Christmas this year.
0: How does that feel?
1: You know it it feels very weird because you know, I mean, you know that my parents just moved out to Colorado two years ago and sold their home that they were in for fifty years, the home that you know, the home that you know the kind of the home that was my home base. it was like the place that I had my boxes from college. It was the place where I transitioned things between moves and such. And now that that's gone, it's, I have become my own home base, right? So I have become the adult in the scenario, which is, which is nice. And, you know, my children are getting older. So like my, I talked to my middle daughter last night and she, is in Kansas city and she has her own apartment and she's working. And she said, mom, I'm coming home Christmas Eve. And I'm going to stay for a few days and go back. And I said, that's great. I'm happy for you. You know, but it's like these, for me as an alcoholic, I won't, I won't classify everybody this way, but for me as an alcoholic change is not normal for me. I don't embrace it. I don't welcome it. Um, I, but, you know, they're growing up and they're getting their own lives and they're building their own lives. And that's when I sort of have to just step back and allow that to happen. So it's really hard. Isn't it hard? It is really hard. Yeah. It's very hard. That's when I started smoking. Right. And then. You know, ironically, I really didn't want to talk about this, but you know, I was engaged last year and, uh, well, up until last this year and we had, we broke it off, but you know, I'm kind of at the stage in my life where I'm like, okay, my kids are getting older. You know, I, I kind of thought that there would be somebody in my life right now, but it's that's not part of God's plan. Does that make sense? Yeah. But it's still,
0: it's, it's, I, I, I as your friend and somebody who adores you to death, as you know, because yes. I don't even remember life without you in it. I have to say that. And I think we're really lucky to have this friendship because some people don't ever have it. And I'm getting more emotional. You're right. Okay. I
1: know,
0: But, <laughs> but I, I could start crying which is totally going to be okay if I do, because I'm going to, I'm going to allow it to happen. But I think that it's hard. And it's when you thought that something was going to happen and it didn't happen the way you thought it was going to happen. I Mm -hmm. met, um, I met this young lady when I was walking in my neighborhood, actually here right down the street. And it was, she's walking her schnauzer and she stops me and I have my two big dogs. And I'm like, how are you doing? And she was just, she was very sad because she was supposed to get engaged over, you know, Christmas. And she realized her, her significant other, the guy she moved here from Denver, just moved to Florida for him had been having extra relationships that were not, you know, he had been cheating on her this whole time. And she was, she's so sad. And I think there's a lot of people that are sad. And I think that we need to recognize that that is a truth and people, I don't even know this person. And we ended up having, I went out for dinner with her and she proceeded to tell me how she's drinking more than she's ever drank before. And I get it because it numbs us and it's the answer, you know, so much. And, but then when we've made this commitment to be sober and we know we have to be sober, we still have those emotions. And mm-hmm. what do you do with them, right? What do you do with them? I mean, what do you do? I mean, I order cake, I ordered cake and the cake wasn't that good. And now it's not that I, good.
1: <laughs> I don't have eat cake now. What is wrong with me? I know, I know. I tend to... I tend to, um, go for food or candy, you know, me, I love my candy. Um, but you know, one thing that I have, that I've learned over the past, um, six months, six or seven months it's been is that, you know, I'm, I'm learning, you know, me, like I haven't been single for more than a minute, right. And I've had some, you and I had discussed, I've had some not so savory dating experiences recently that have really um, propelled me to a state of, you know, maybe I should sit on the bench and just be sober. You know, I ran into um, one of my favorite people, her name's Patty, at a meeting on Sunday And she said, how are you? And I said, well, I'm sitting in this really uncomfortable space of being single. And she said, just say no. She said, you can say no. And she said, it's going to happen for you at the right time. But, um, you know, one thing I'm really grateful for is I've always had a partner there. So I always have had somebody else to worry about or somebody else's life to be involved in. And now I have my own life and I have great friends that I go out with. And, you know, this week I'm going out three nights a week, not with a date, just with friends. And I'm really excited for that. So, you know, even though I'm becoming I'm growing into a place in my life where I'm going to be, you know, alone soon because my youngest is going to go to school in two years, college, you know, I don't, I'm not scared of it. Does that make sense? Completely. So I don't know how we got to talking about this, but we because did. It's
0: organic because busy living sober is all about organic. Yeah. It's like what That's true. About? Like we talk about whatever comes, whatever, you know, have transpires to happen. And, um, it's very, um, we're all humans, like having this human experience and having these kids be around and not being around after so long of trying to raise them and then trying to re re identify who you are, what's your calling, what makes you tick? What do you really like? Exactly. And the crazy thing is you know i've gone back you know i'm back at school i'm taking all these different courses you know me i don't take one i take three at the same time because i'm a lunatic and um but it's a good lunatic i will say i'm a good lunatic for doing it but i um i somebody had said to me years ago when i was single and they said you know god is not only working on you But he is also working on your partner and getting him or him ready or her, whoever's listening out there, if you're looking for him or her or whatever, you, you, God is also working on that person and really figuring out who you are, which is so, so hard, right? Like when I came into this program, I had no idea who I was, no idea. I was what everybody else wanted me to be, right? Mm Mm-hmm so much. And it, um, absolutely. And I ran into a friend of mine at this wedding who I haven't seen in a long time. I love her to death. She's adorable. And I didn't realize that she listens every week to my podcast, which I was so, she's like, I know everything about your life. And I was like, wow, I had no idea because you know me, I don't look at the analytics. I don't even want to do social media anymore. I'm done. By the way, if you watch me on social media, I'm out, out. I have no interest in doing it. It's too addictive. I don't want to do it anymore. But um, she said, I don't know how you're so honest about everything that goes on in your life. And I looked at her with complete sincerity. And I said, when you stand in front of a room of complete strangers and tell them that you're an alcoholic, I'm butt naked now, baby, you already made me butt naked. And to have to (laughs) own that part of me and not be ashamed of it which I was for so long. I was ashamed of it, but I called it sober, not ashamed, but I was ashamed, but I made it. Uh, I, I made this podcast for sober, not ashamed. And little did anybody know that I was so ashamed that I called it sober, not ashamed, even though I was ashamed, but it was a, it was a, what do they call it? A redundant. I don't know what they call it, but
1: yeah. Um moron. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> yeah. And it has been, it's like just getting to this place that I am human and, everybody's human, right? We all have, I always say we all, nobody comes out of this unscathed. I mean, the queen of England who has more whatever that she had queen Elizabeth, who was a fabulous person, had a son that was pedophile. I mean, let's just face it. I mean, it's just like every person has something. And when we get to that place of love and tolerance, which is hard to come to, isn't it?
1: It's very difficult.
0: And forgiveness
1: forgiveness is the most difficult for me. It is for me too. And, and I'm still coming into a place I can forgive other people. I sometimes cannot forgive myself.
0: Yeah, that's the hardest part, right? And, right. And it's so crazy because my son, we're going to go back into, cause it's just, I think it's relatable maybe to people, but I had said something about his now bride soon to be bride in a very off-putting just nigh way that I can sometimes be. And um I said something that I wish that I could take back. And I can't, right? Because I don't have a time machine. I mean I just don't. And I say it's already
1: out there. It's already out there
0: and I can't pull it back. And I've said I'm sorry till the cows come home and he doesn't want to forgive me. And so that's his deal. Like I did everything I could. If he doesn't want to come to that place of forgiveness and love and tolerance, well, who am I? Whatever. I have the same thing with some people in my life, my family, especially. Right. I got hurt right. so much that I'm like, I can't. In fact, I think I have forgiven him. I just don't want to be around him.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a different story, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um I know that you've had your ups and downs with your family but um you know, I think I I think that your I think your son's going to come around and I think that you know, it is what it is and you just have to accept it in the moment and you know, pray for some change and understanding, right? That's all you can do.
0: So I want to ask you something as we're talking about families. You just started a new company with your family, didn't you?
1: We did. So tell me about that's, it. Tell me what you're. It's very doing. exciting. Um. So it's called Core Family Consulting, and basically, we, um, we came together as a well the it. I'll tell you, it was born out of um, kind of my brother's purpose, but he didn't know it yet. Um, So my brother was in the wealth. He still is in the wealth management um, industry, and he's very vocal and proud of his recovery. He's been sober for almost 20 years now. And, and one year on his book of business, he had five clients who lost kids to opiates. And so what he was seeing is this dysfunction and just, you know, the parents unable and the family unable to deal with the addiction of their son or their brother that they just kind of I wished it away um in a way and they didn't understand that they were enabling him I mean these these kids were you know they were set up like they were living in nice apartments and getting stipends from their trust funds and you know, it was just, my, my brother was blown away. He's like, well, you know, no wonder why your son's down at union station shooting up. Like, you know, you're giving him 10 grand a month. What do you think he's going to do with that? And so he started counseling people and he started working with a rehab out in Denver called valiant. And so this premise was born that we, have to deal. And you know, this from coming from an alcoholic family, you have to deal with the entire family unit. You can't just, you can't just send a kid off to rehab, sit at home in your comfortable armchair, wait for your son or daughter or spouse to come back and hope that everything's fine. Right. Because that's not the world we live in. So what we're doing is we're trying to bring families back together. We're trying to get them to communicate effectively, to stand to their boundaries, to establish boundaries. A lot of these families don't have boundaries in the first place, right? They never did. I know you and I grew up with zero boundaries, (laughs) right? None. So that's what we're trying to do in a nutshell.
0: Are you loving it?
1: I do. I love it. I, I haven't gotten to work with too many clients yet. Um, I'm more on the back end right now, but in the next, in the following year, we're hoping to blow this thing out of the water because it's, it's needed and people are coming to me and they're coming to my brother and they're saying, you know, God, so-and-so and, you know, this person, that person, there is a definite need for this, especially during this time. You know, the pandemic has absolutely supercharged alcoholism and addiction. It's skyrocketed and um, hopefully we can find a solution to get people in a better space in this world.
0: I love that.
1: So For
0: Christmas, I did, there, I was, I was, you know, I was written up in the Washington Post, ironically, the I saw that. And, um, it's so exciting. And I, you know, we talked a lot about what to do over the holidays and that so many people like have their wine and have their vodka and now have their tequila, I guess, their fancy tequila, little didn't ever think that was going to happen. And, um,
1: really quick. Do they sip it or do they throw it back?
0: No, they sip it. It was like, Ew. I had no idea. Like I didn't even know that people drank that like that, but now they do. Like, I know my kids do, but they're young, right? They're still in college. I mean, Henry's still in college and, and it, him and his buddies, you know, they tend to just like have a shot before they go out, whatever. Cause that's just what these kids do. Right. And, um, And it's always this really expensive stuff, which I think is insane. He has this blue and white porcelain bottle that Kent got him for Christmas or what his birthday or something. And it's beautiful. The bottle's beautiful. And I'm like, oh my God, I I think it was really expensive. But anyway, they, they drink this now and it's See,
1: You and I didn't drink that way. You and I drank to just get as messed up as we could and-
0: well, I think that for me, I think back to it now. You know, again, almost seventeen years later, and I'm like, I drank. Took, I would have one drink, and I'd have forty seven. Like there, what? Like to even think about? Like I never thought, like. Oh, I'm only going to have one tonight, or I'm only going to have this kind of drink, or I'm only staying this kind of drink. I'm like, fuck it. I'm drinking. I'm drinking. Like, I'm going toe to toe. I am like out. I am blackout from day one. I didn't realize that that whole thing that I had, that disease, that dis-ease in my head, like that one drink would touch my lips and I'd be off to the races. It had nothing to do with the 47th one. It was the first one. If I'd never had this sip, I would have been fine, but once it enters my sister, yeah. I'm out to the races. Hence I can never go have that shot of tequila. Like I was saying, I wanted to have at that wedding. And no. it's so interesting. Cause I was having a conversation with someone that I had no, I, I she was a member of my community where I raised my kids. I don't know her very well. In fact, I barely, I didn't know anything about her. I'd seen her places and stuff. Our kids, we belonged to the same golf club and our kids went to the same college. But so I was never really friendly with her. And she and I were talking at this wedding and she said, she goes, wait, what do you do? You don't drink. And I said, Oh no, I I haven't had a drink in almost 17 years and i podcast. And now I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like telling everybody about my podcast for many years. I didn't even tell anybody I had this podcast, but now I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm, I'm hanging the freak flag. Okay. Yeah. I have a podcast. I talk about politics. (laughs) I talk about sobriety. I talk about what I believe in and how I believe that this world today is crazy, which it is. And um I said, but you know, I'm so, and she's like, my brother, and I know her brother from the rooms. And she's like, he didn't have like, he didn't just go to one rehab, he went to many. And I would drive my mother, and their family's very well known where we live. I didn't know what her main name was when I'm, when I knew her, but I had no idea, but now I do. But anyway, not like that matters anyway in the whole world scheme where we live, it was a big deal. But anyway, she was saying how she had to drive her mom all the way to the other side of 25 minutes away from their home so they wouldn't run into somebody they knew at a meeting. And mm. I thought, isn't that so ironic? Because we go to the end of the world to get help. And we walk into these rooms and we're like, oh my God, I walked 25 minutes. I drove 25 minutes and the person look, they still knew who I was 25 miles away, 25. And um, I always thought it was so funny um, because I always went to meetings in my backyard. Just, I even started a meeting that's still there. And yeah, my zoom meeting, all these things that I've started, but I, I, I always went to these meetings and I'd run into somebody I know and they'd be like, oh my God, you're here. And I'd be like, Yeah. I mean, for the same reason you are, we all walk in feeling this feeling of like, oh my God, we're naked. I just walked into this room and everybody's going to see me now for who I was. And the friend that I said, I mean, I think it's kind of funny, that friend that I said that listens to my podcast every week for the first time, she said to me, like, I didn't think they knew I was an alcoholic. Like, I thought that I didn't think they knew. And she's like, oh, we all knew. I was like, I, <laughs> I bathed in Chanel. What are you talking about? You could still smell me? That's crazy. And they oh, go. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, it's about these feelings. And feelings aren't facts. And things change, right? We go through times where right now I appreciate where you are. I know it sucks to be alone. I know you, you love nothing more than to have somebody by your side. And all you want is like that story that we watch on t, like those movies. And it's going to happen. And it is, it is. And it's getting to that place where you're like, you know, JF and I started doing this thing recently. Like you look in the mirror and you really love yourself because we carry these stories that we have since we were kids. And I'm even now just identifying stories about myself. Like I, I covered my heart with steel. You never did. Mm-mm. I know you're like more vulnerable. And I'm like the one that's like, bring it on, bitch. Cause I'll fucking take
1: you out. <laughs> exactly. I saw you. You saw me take people
0: out. I was like,
1: get the fuck out of my way. I saw you beat people up at bars. <laughs> Especially with with you your a, crutch. With my
0: crutch. You're gonna get out of my like people were like, Can you go out on New Year's Eve? Who wants to on New Year's Eve? It's like amateur night. Now you're in line you're at my bar and I can't get a drink. Get the fuck out of my way, you poser. Um oh my God. that's how I felt. But it's like now, you know, my heart, I'm trying to work on letting that that hard down and get to that place of love, kindness, and forgiveness. And it's hard work. You're
1: exposing your heart. Yeah. Well, I've, I've always worn my heart on my sleeve and I think that's, I I think it's a positive thing, but I also think that it can be, um, you know, I, people can take advantage of that for sure. Yeah you know, when you're vulnerable and, and, you know, being maybe vulnerable to a little too quickly, but, um, you know, that's just who I am and I'm not going to apologize for it and I'm not going to change. So,
0: right. And so I want to ask you,
1: yeah,
0: (laughs) 11, 11, make a wish. Um, if you had a tip for somebody who's out there, and it's this holiday season and they are feeling vulnerable and they've just broken up with somebody or things aren't going the way that they wanted them to go. How, what would you give them for advice to get through this holiday season? Cause we're in the, we're in the tippy of the brain, Bermuda triangle. We already went through Thanksgiving. Now we're going to go through. Christmas. Oh yeah. How are you,
1: what would your, what would your advice be? Um. Well, I used to, I used to look at things that happened in my life, you know, such as a loss, um, or a breakup, like I just went through and I always used to say like, how could God do this to me? But you have to reset and retrain your thinking. And it's taken me a long time to do this. And I was, I mean, I was sad about the breakup. I mean, mostly because of the time I invested and the energy. Um, But I knew it wasn't right. And he knew it wasn't right as well. But I look at it now, I reframe it and it's like, thank you God for shutting that door. Because it's allowing the other door, wherever it may be, to open. So God shuts one door and it's not, he's not punishing you. He's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to protect you. I mean, can you imagine if I would have, if, if we would have gotten married and two two or five years down the road then i go through another divorce no this was all this was all part of god's plan did it suck going through it at first yes but something better is going to be around the corner and when you go through a breakup it's it's your time to shine your time to experience all the things that you didn't when you were with that person. And that's kind of what I'm doing now. I'm going out more. I was a homebody. I mean, I was, I literally didn't go out for like three years, you know, and now I'm going out to concerts and seeing live music. And, you know, tonight I'm going out with a girlfriend for dinner. So it's just Yeah, going through a loss and going through a breakup sucks, especially at Christmas. But if you just embrace your friends and you'll make it through.
0: And does it bother you to go to concerts and have like it's reek of weed or like people drinking all over? Do you even care? No.
1: No, I mean, everywhere, every concert I've been to probably in the past you know, since we were kids, has reeked a weed. Like, er- everybody's just smoking weed, whether it be inside and contained or outside. That doesn't bother me. Like, I, people drinking doesn't bother me. People drinking to excess bothers me because I, I don't want to be around it and I can't be around it. And it's boring. It's boring. People, <laughs> when they get drunk... And they start, you know, getting in your space and, you know, close talking to you and screaming, that's when, that's when I get annoyed, you know, but if you go, like I'm going to a concert with, you know, two other sober people on Wednesday and Friday, like I don't have to deal with it. I drink my water and maybe I have a Red Bull at the beginning of the night just to, Make sure I stay up till midnight and then that's it.
0: And isn't it crazy? Because we never even liked smoking weed. I
1: don't. I never did like smoking weed. It It just made me fat. I know. We never liked it. It made me fat and lazy. And I just felt like I was, you know, melting into the couch. I don't want to feel like that.
0: No. So. Well, Jeannie, this has yeah, been so good okay. to catch up. I love you so much. Thank you so much. I love you on. too. And you're going to come back on in 2023. I, I can't believe it's next year, almost in like a week and a half. It's crazy.
1: Yes. I, trip and I, I think Trip and Donya and I should come back together and talk more about the business.
0: All right. Why don't you guys come back in 2023? We'll set up a date. All okay. right.
1: All right. I love, love you. you.
0: Love you. More. merry christmas everybody and we will merry be back next week and until next time keep getting busy living sober any questions you can always reach me at elizabeth at elizabethchance.com um i'm not on social media as i mentioned so you're gonna have to reach me the old-fashioned way and send me an email because i'm not gonna go on facebook or on instagram i'm done taking a little siesta so until next time everybody keep getting busy living sober take care bye-bye